Shut up and sit down. My name's John Wynn. I'm 84 years old. My knees are pretty used up, but I still love to ride my bike. Bicycle around and around. I like to feel the feel of wheels on the ground. On country roads or parking lots, sometimes I ride downtown. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. During all of your training, remember that pain is your friend that will always tell you the truth. Enjoy episode 94. Where the wind is always at my back and the sun will always shine. Son, lend me your energy. <laughs> Would you look at the time? I actually, I gotta go. I'll be back in April though, so. Leave us lots of room and you never have a flat. As I gazed upon the majesty of cold and snow, I thought to myself, Winter Socks. Winter Socks. Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Fondering, and today I'm here with Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing, good. doing well. Looking good. good. You good. look You look good. <laughs> uh, to his left, Evan Price. I think the only person drinking anything right now oh. is Jake. What's Not right? drinking or drinking. What are you yeah, drinking? nobody else is drinking anything oh. here. So this is a direct question to Jake. What are you drinking today? Black coffee. Oh man, we are very boring. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sponsorship. We need to. <laughs> that Kirkland sponsorship guys is slipping through our fingers. Ah. Uh, and not sitting in a seat today, coming to uh, you from Skype, Mr. Lance Epler. Lance Romance on location today, coming at you. On location. On location. I'm curious to hear more about that. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing well. Um, you are kind of short on time Wait. today, right? Mr. Lance, are you still there? He's so oh, short. no. He's did so we, short on time. That did we just... already lose him? Wait, I'm oh, back. Uh, he's back. <laughs> what, what the heck happened? I don't I know. I lost you. <laughs> Don't move. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'm not moving anywhere. I must have touched something I'm not supposed to touch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, there was a joke in there, but I'm going to bite my tongue. Um, <laughs> um, since you're a little bit short on time today and we're uh, wanting to get into this whole backpedal thing that we do every week for some reason, um, let's let you go first, Lance. Yes, you bet. I am up in Tacoma, Washington at the site of the Cyclocross National Championships. Um, it's a big giant event there's going to be about 2000 racers over the course of four or five days um today is monday when we're recording this i will race a non-championship race on tuesday and then a my championship race for the men's 50 to 54 age category on thursday so that's what i'm doing up here so nice and you still there yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Man, this is going fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so good. Excellent. And uh, let's see. Um, I did I did race this week as well. How many um, times? Seventeen times again? Just one time. I I uh, I needed to get that one fifth race. I've been talking about it yeah. um, for a couple weeks, and uh, I did drive up to Whidbey Island in the Puget Sound. And did a cyclocross race there. It ended up going well for me. Um, I got fourth place in my age division. Nice. Well done. And, 
Yeah, ended up getting um, like 300 points for my race, which actually That's will help my ranking and oh, move me up like two rows, I think, on the wow. starting point. Oh, wow. So, what row are you going to be in, Lance? I have no idea. They will post that tomorrow morning. There's 2,000 athletes, so he's in row <laughs> So, 1075. <laughs> it's a single filed line actually yeah. i'm pretty sure at nationals yeah <laughs> so my race has a hundred people signed up so far how many um, per row is it usually about 10 i have no idea actually well, okay. i am we'll guessing yeah. yeah i'm guessing i will be close to the top third maybe i'll be i'll be closer than halfway that's but, really good yeah, so I'll be somewhere I mean, mid-pack or top third, I think. So, um, so you just got to hold – you basically just got to hold position and pass a few guys with flats, and you're in there. I'm just like <laughs> – I'm just going to roll with it and just see what happens. I don't know if it will – I have, like, no expectations. If I if I, if I I finish in, like, the top 25, I will be ecstatic. <laughs> I'm not – you know, just because there's guys that I can't even, like – hold their wheel so it's it's pretty amazing when you get to this national level it's a whole different ball game so it's just but it's so close i just had to come yeah. so it's just everybody from colorado there that's what i picture it's just you're basically <laughs> racing the entire city of denver well there's quite a few from colorado there's a bunch from back east there it, it has a heavy pacific northwest presence because it's close here so yeah yeah it'll be good have you seen any big names up there uh, no, I just pulled into the parking lot, uh, and um, it, this is like a chill day. You register, you set up the team tent. Um, tomorrow will be a whole different ball game. So, Lance, there are no chill days. Now is when you attack the pros. You bring a camera, <laughs> and you come in the microphone right in their face, and you get us some hot takes. Okay, <laughs> that's right. I need to get some hot takes from some pros. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Okay, good. <laughs> Anything that you're really looking forward to this week, other than the uh, races itself? Um, you know, I it's 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 nice to have like five days where all I'm going to do is think about racing and cross and and you know my bikes and keeping things set. That's that's just kind of nice to be able to just focus on that. But let's be honest, I kind of do that anyway, so maybe Every it's nothing day. special. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So it's exciting. Cool. Do you need to head out? Yeah, I got to roll. I got to get to the registration and do all this other bow jazz. So thank you guys. Pleasure talking with you. Sorry to all my, Fan. both of your my fans. fans out there that are listening right now. <laughs> all three of the fans <laughs> listening. Yeah. We're your fans. The entire country of Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> and both people in Iceland. And, yeah. <laughs> Right on. We, right. we expect a killer race review in a week, Lance. Yeah, well, all right. I'll, I'll bring some stories back. Yeah, keep us Ooh. posted on how everything goes as the week goes on, too. All right, man. All right, Thank man. You. Take care. Good luck. Good luck, Lance. Thanks, guys. All right. See you, bud. All right, Matt. You want to backpedal for us? Sure. Um, so this week, uh, you know, I, one thing that I thought was actually pretty cool was that all four of us rode together for – one of the, I mean, it's been a long time since it has been a while. It's been a while, yeah. It's been a minute. Well, I mean, it's been a while since I, I haven't been riding that much, so yeah, I can tell you it's been a long time. It has. It's probably been since this summer. I bet that was the last time. It was probably over the summer. When would Jake have been with us? Is what I'm trying I, to think. I don't even know. I'm telling you, it's probably oh, this summer. It's probably. Been a long time. It's probably one of those like 
Friday night rides or something. I don't or think Evan showed up to I any of those. He was it too, was, it too was too definitely cool a school, weekend man. ride. <laughs> well, <laughs> cool, cool. The start time, it was pretty dark by the start time usually. Yeah. Yeah. So the four of us rode together for um, this ride. That One we, of these weekends Well, is what I was thinking too yeah. before. We, we yeah. actually, we rode together this past um, mm-hmm. Saturday for what we've talked about on this podcast a bit, which is the ugly Christmas sweater ride. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was not a, a beautiful ride. It was balmy. In all honesty, it was <laughs> rainy and cold. The weather was about as ugly as the sweater sweaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ugly, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have rained a lot more, but it, it was cold and it was wet. I will say, I think it, it is nostalgic that that ride always be terrible weather. It would not feel right if that was a nice sunny. We've had good weather on in the past. That's the first one that was bad yeah. weather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. last year you're right. We did. I don't remember last year very well because I flatted multiple times and really <laughs> yeah. did not get to ride yeah. much. But yeah, but the weather was okay. The roads were grimy yeah. and gross. But okay. Yeah. So um, that I did a fair amount of swimming this past week, mm-hmm. uh, and. What else? A little bit of running. You know, our running group was a little bit small this week. Yeah. This weekend. Um, So if you guys are interested in running at all, the Lakeside Long Run is Sundays at at the Heritage Mm -hmm. Trail. We're going to start shamelessly advertising that here soon. We need people. Yeah. And don't make us get desperate because me and Matt are capable of getting we desperate are, we're, and we're making fools of ourselves. <laughs> yes. So Very capable. Very capable of doing that. So nice little week. Nice yeah. little week. Mm-hmm. Good. Evan, backpedal. Uh, Pretty similar week to Matt's. You know, Saturday did the ugly sweater ride. Um, I think I took the person who got the coldest award, I think. I at least looked the coldest, I think. Or was complaining the there most. There was a girl with shorts on. Oh, that's true. She, she wasn't was cold, though. The coldest. Oh, no. No, she's, she's oh, tough yeah. as nails. <laughs> she's a lot tougher than me, and she wasn't complaining nearly as much as I was. Yeah. Like, I was definitely complaining the most. Robert had some pretty good shivers going on, though. Robert, actually, Robert looked very cold. <laughs> yeah. You and Robert were both, I think, right there with each other. <laughs> me, me, me and Robert did at the uh, coffee shop look at each other, and you could just tell both of our eyes, we were like, this is this is cold. Yeah. <laughs> this is very chilly right now. <laughs> it was just that 40 and raining. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, it kind of be nicer yeah. if it was below freezing but so that, that coffee place snow. we went to is awesome you like relevant relevant coffee is yep. pretty cool told you downtown yeah. vancouver spot cool building yeah. yeah so we went so so the ride went like this we went um we kind of pushed off from one of our favorite little brewery places uh we went down to um vancouver which is what 20 miles or something to get there what was it it was oh. 15 that's not even that not even the round yeah. trip the whole ride was only 22 miles so it was about yeah. 11 or 12 okay. miles to get down there so we went down to the waterfront Got a photo op. Yep. And then went to a coffee shop at Relevant, which was fantastic. It was. Yeah. I'm glad I've got... So, like, Relevant, I feel like, is now my, like, downtown Vancouver coffee spot, along with Blue Door for bakery stuff. And then Camus, I've got Tataza. So, I'm not cheating on Tataza. It's just far enough away. Right. That's like, you know, if you're downtown Vancouver and need <laughs> coffee, I'm going... I'm probably going to go to Relevant. Yeah. You could you could have, like, a real sectioned off area, and you could even add oh, Hidden yeah. Rivers Roasters if you're like... I could. I could. Yeah. <laughs> That's unclaimed territory there in the middle. It's so, way over yeah. there. It's way over there, downtown Camas. Pretty far. Yep. Got three points no matter where you are, you can get good coffee then. Um, outside of that though, I built a treadmill. Yeah. Before I got here with got, Cassie. Got some treadmill work in. It was fun. Just not, yeah. run, just <laughs> just not running. Wasn't on moving on it. No, it was just turning wrenches. Just huh? turning wrenches to build a treadmill. So <laughs> Yeah. It's 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 interesting how so the only story that I have worthwhile from telling this week is, so we bought this treadmill online and you know how that goes. You buy a treadmill that's a $1,500 treadmill for 300 bucks or so. You you, you know that it's not going to be nicely taken apart in the box and just, here's the money. Yeah, thank you. No, so this, this person, very nicely selling it to us, was there to help, but it was stuffed in the back of his garage. 
it's a very heavy treadmill. Our cars didn't quite, my, my CRV did not quite size out exactly how it should have <laughs> to get this treadmill just into there. Like drag it with your car home. <laughs> we actually just prop it up on the wheels and I attached it with some string to yeah. the back of the car and just drove down the highway. Yeah, but yeah, seems <laughs> legit. Yeah. So the wheels on the treadmill. We got, <laughs> yeah, those, those plastic they're, wheels are pretty durable. They're safe pretty sure. up to 65 after that. Who knows? That's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I was humming at about 62 all the way down. Keep, under, <laughs> keep her under 65. So... We, we we got the treadmill almost all the way into the car after some kind of creative shimmying, but it it was still hanging out a good like foot. So we we trash bag the end of the treadmill and we oh. take some cord and we cinch down the was trunk. It, was it raining too? Oh yeah. Oh, oh it was gosh. pouring. So we cinch down the trunk. Then at this point, the the string from the cord is on the back of my my headrest is where I cinched it to. So we pull away and we're like, this is sketchy, but you know what? We're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. Like, there's no way anything can go wrong here. This is all the way in Lake Oswego. So, oh or no, 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 wait, my bad. It wasn't Trout. It was Troutdale. Okay. Trout. So, we're talking for people who don't know where he stays at. We're talking like a, a 30, at the, 30, 40 minutes. 30 well, minutes. it depends on where in Troutdale. At the right, pace so. that I had to be driving uh, at and with traffic, it was going to be an hour. Yeah. So, I had to, and nobody can see me here, obviously, except for you two. I had to get back into almost like a pitcher's position to grab this cord because the very first bump I go over, the cord's not quite cinched down enough and it kind of pops up and then pops back down real hard. And I was like, oh, that's not good because we're going 25 miles an hour right now, which means when we're up to speed, that's going to be bouncing around a lot. So I reach behind my head and I grab the cord and kind of cinch it down as much as I can. And I'm like, this is sustainable. I'm just going to hold my arm in this position for an hour, which I did and could not feel my arm by the end of the ride. I You're lucky I, that something didn't like but, pull your arm that's back exactly, and like rip your arm out of the socket. That's exactly what everybody was telling me when I got that position. They're like, you do understand if that treadmill decided to go out the back, like your arm was going with it. And it's like, yeah, I'm very, very aware of that. Oh. But Can I make a suggestion to you? Yeah. Next time you go and buy Get a treadmill, tying knots. <laughs> pick up your phone and, and call Jake. You can say, hey, Jake, can I borrow I your truck? truck. Yes. <laughs> would have been a hell of a lot easier. It would have It would have been so, like, we just thought for sure we could get the thing yeah. in the two pieces. The problem is the two pieces of the treadmill are uh-huh. tethered by this, like, big electrical complex that you cannot take apart. Yeah. So it's unfortunate because we fold it down to two pieces and it was like barely not able to squeeze in there. Oh, like, okay. we're, we're, we're talking centimeters were yeah. like, like putting us away from this. But yeah, it was... It was an absolute event. Or next um, time, I'll at least, at a minimum, let you borrow any of my tie-down straps. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been exactly. a lot better than what you had going on there. Than the little cinch cord we had yeah. there. But yeah. Cool. So there, there was my weekend. Lots of treadmill intervals. Yeah. Treadmill. Treadmill <laughs> talk. Treadmill work. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, my back pedal doesn't sound too much different than your guys. It's mm-hmm. just a lot of Zwift stuff with the team and going to Pilates and yeah. um, mm-hmm. just kind of doing my thing for this whole off-season trying to get back into shape uh the ugly christmas sweater ride was still a ton of fun it was yeah. funny because we a ton had of people a, still showed up we had a lot of people that were um you know rsvp to go it was going to be our biggest year and then the the weather was changing all week long it was kind of like a moving target and i'm like all right th- i have a bad feeling about this i think we're going to finally get our first year of bad weather um sure enough that morning i woke up went downstairs to get a cup of coffee before i even checked my phone i could hear it just raining outside it's like oh no Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's cold and uh got the cup of coffee sat down 
looked at my phone and like there's all these text messages yeah, and direct yeah, method yeah. direct messages like hey sorry i'm not gonna be able to make it this and it was like every excuse out of the sun nobody wanted to say oh i'm not gonna ride in the rain so yeah, yeah it was pretty funny but kids I, got soccer practice sorry yeah. <laughs> yeah so but um it's all good because it, it still was a good showing i we i counted i think once we actually left and the last couple stragglers jumped on we were like 42 people i guessed 40 when, when i was i think it was 42 so is 40, what i yeah. counted up which given the weather and the fact that it was great not turnout. great that's fantastic fantastic so mm-hmm. um and we've had a lot of people start making donations to our bikes for kids uh program or little charity thing that we're running here for buying bikes for unfortunate kids mm-hmm. and um that was a nice little springboard uh, for us to kind of get that word out there and a lot of people have been sharing it on social media and uh, mm-hmm. the you know the monies have been coming in and we're um, well on our way so we're going to be doing that for the entire month it's not just a christmas thing but the entire month into january and i'm really excited to see how many bikes we're able to purchase so Mm-hmm. I'll post up more information on that too. Yeah, if people want to purchase, they can for sure. They can mm-hmm. hop in there and we need to start sharing it on the. I don't think I've shared it on the triathlon dial triathlon page. Well, yet. We will. Yeah, we'll put times. it on yeah. all of our mm-hmm. social media stuff. Yeah. Um, outside of that, I'm just way too busy right now. I, I need I need a reprieve. <laughs> I need, need a, a vacation. A, a, I, I, well, kind of yeah, but we're coming yeah. up on Christmas and I got to get a bunch of stuff done before then. So mm-hmm. and it's just been everything under the sun and a bunch of other like. You know, when you're kind of in one of those stretches where you're just dealing with stuff that you don't want to do, it's not like the good stuff. It's just like, oh, this is like crap or minutia, like stuff that you don't want to be doing that's taking away from the stuff that you do want to be doing. Yeah, I got to get past that stuff and then we'll be good. But hopefully I can report back next week that um, things have gotten a little bit better. But um, lead out news Uh, on Mm -hmm. the cycling front. I don't think there's much other than what Lance has already told us, but I don't think there's much going on in the world of cycling that we really need to report on. There wasn't much racing here locally, just some really small little, um, offshoot cyclocross races, which Mm -hmm. I don't have any of that information. Kind of a quiet time of year. It is. It is a definitely quiet time of year. I think it will be for the next couple of weeks actually. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, we'll definitely have stuff next week when, um, Lance comes back to tell stories about the, uh, USA National Cross Championships. Exactly. And then Should we, be fun. Then we got to come up with something for lead-out news between now and then. It's a quiet time in the endurance sports world, and <laughs> me and Matt just can't sit here and talk about indoor track all day, or you guys will stop listening. So we got Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you guys have any other news on your end? I think there was some uh, triathlon-y stuff that happened this past week. Can you want to talk about that, Evan? There was uh, La Quinta 73 had down in California happened. You made um, some predictions on that too, if I'm not I mistaken, did, last did. week. I did make some predictions. Spot on. I was correct on that. Well, we, we both agreed on we both agreed, of them, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So first, I, locally, because there's some local news here okay. too. Is, quick, quick, quick question. Yeah. Could I have gone to Las Vegas and bet on that? That's a good, can you bet on Ironman in Vegas? You Probably, I have like, no probably like the world Kona. Kona, you probably could. I doubt if they have a line on yeah, on some North little. American 73 races. Yeah. yeah. Well, they say that you can bet on just about anything, man. I could if you can bet you on dog bank. shows, yeah. if you can bet on dog shows, I would hope you could bet on, on The real money would have been like um, Ben Deal. Oh, yeah. He had, you and me would have made good money off that. Yeah. He had a good race. He had so. a great race. So well, tell us about the race. Locally first, okay. uh, Lisa Worms qualifies for her um, world championship, world championship mm-hmm. slot which is awesome Lisa. she had one heck of a bike split that that's what got it for her was her bike split it's her strength yeah yeah it was great she biked right at the back end of the women's pro field like like basically even with those ty- kind of times wow. so absolutely incredible performance from her um in the men's and women's field i'll talk about the women's field first because there was an awesome result there paula finley oh yeah um, who, local, yes, kind local, of, kind of local, local, uh, ca- Canadian, but lives out in Troutdale. Yep. She, uh, she's dating Eric Lagerstrom, who was also there. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, went, yeah I, went, I went and picked it up from, from, from Paula and Eric. But So uh, Paula, who is coming back from an injury, only been running yeah, for a couple true. months right now, right. just came back and tore apart the field at this race. She wire, won by like... Wire to wire. Led yeah. the whole thing. Really? Led the entire... Wow. Started, not even yeah, close. Just she was, swam away from the field yep. and that was that. She she ended up winning by some, I think it was like eight minutes or something like that. Wow. Just it, it wasn't even a race at that point. So incredible performance from her, especially after a tough season of, you know, end of season with Stress injury. Stress fracture or something? I can't remember what she had. But. Something like that. I, I would need to look back at, at her. But yeah, they're, they're pretty open about that in their videos. But she went 407 on that course, which is just absolutely flying for the women's field. And wow. just won the race by eight, yeah, seven and a half minutes. Just wow. flying. That's fast. Now, the men's field, Lionel Sanders... Goes out, predicted. yeah, he wins. So we we could have all agreed at that. That, that there was no if if there was Vegas betting on that, that would have been you're making no money off that. Yeah. that one, yeah. So second place, Eric Lagerstrom, awesome performance out of him coming out another Trout Deal. Yeah, Trout Troutdale <laughs> native. We got Troutdale dominating. Troutdale is really in this podcast today. Like I feel like it's we really need gre- just, it's really Gresham, I think. But, but I think let's just go with Troutdale. We're just gonna say Troutdale because that's where treadmill. We're just, we're just gonna. We should do a podcast on all things Troutdale here. <laughs> so that would be a very short podcast. That'd be a very short. <laughs> How many people on the team do we have from Troutdale? Um, I bet we have a lot. I don't think we have any. They're all from Gresham. Seriously, unless you want to lump those two things together. I think you we're going to lump them together. I think we there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we already are. I think we've already done that. We're going to get some hate mail from Troutdale now. Yes, we are. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Eric and Paula. So in fourth place, though, this is the, the, this is a favorite of me and Matt's. He's somebody. I met in the pro field this year at the racks, uh, somebody much faster than me, but was super nice and talked young guy, super excited to get into the sport and just an awesome presence to be around. Ben deal was fourth at this race. Now this is a guy who he's had some top 10 performances, but really had not had a breakout is he yet. A decent swimmer. He's, he's a, he's un. I think that he is much more talented than the times that he's putting out in swimming. Okay. So the swimming might come around. I think the swimming will come around and then for the him. The bike was better. The, the bike was originally when he got in much his weakness. And I think that he would admit that too, okay. is the, the bike, what was holding him back. It's like um, he's working on the bike and the bike got a lot better. He biked two Oh nine, which is awesome. Yep. You know, he was, he was in, in the race, definitely on the bike. And then he threw down the second fastest run split at one twelve thirty nine. Yeah. Which on that course, one twelve thirty nine is fast. Cause that's not a fast course. That's so fast. he's a guy who can run right there with Lionel Sanders. He basically put out the same time. Now yep. is Lionel, at his peak fitness right now, probably not. But Ben has clearly that that weapon on the run, which is awesome. Yeah. Yep. If Evan so we, Price was in that race, how would have Evan Price done? I would first, like to well, say I would have won, but I think realistically <laughs> we'd be who? looking at second. <laughs> no, I think you know to, to be on. And I was of course doing this on when while this playing, race was going on, I was looking at like, Cassie and I was like, I was like, oh man, I would have done good. I would have done good. And she was getting mad at me and saying like. Why, like, you would have been very stressed out. Your season would have then been almost Longer. 10 months long at that point. So I'm not going to... Top like, 10? Top, top 10, though, right? Like, kind of in that range is what you're... Top. It's it's tough by course, but I've raced Elliot Samansky before when we were both amateurs. He was twelfth in this race. Yeah, he is a great cyclist and swimmer, but I'm I'm a much faster runner than him historically. So he put down a 120. I think I could have ran very fast. I know my bike is strong right now. My yeah. swim is not strong enough for me to sit here and say I would have been top ten. So I think I would have been out of the what was it the thirty guys. I think I would have been top twenty. So I think you would have been top ten. I would like to say that. 
Safe to say, though, that you would have been top 30? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Would have been top 30 guaranteed. That's one thing that I know for sure. You got to finish, man. (laughs) Did the weather rebound down there? I know that they got some really cold weather that blew through there. Yeah, I think think the weather was okay. The water there, because it's this protected um, area, for whatever reason, the the water that they swim in there is freezing this time of year. It's like the coldest water I think Iron Man lets people swim in, basically. I don't know what they're doing with that race they need to like put some heaters in there and heat they, that water they need up. to do something but the, the local so they have to like clean the wetsuits before they get in there's no practice swim so right. that's the craziest part of that race and me not being a strong swimmer not a race i'd want to go to where you don't get to touch the water until they bl- you jump yeah. in there really and go. yeah and that makes it hard because oh you it's have, so cold you're jumping yeah. into an ice bath and it's like you hurt for a while and eventually you get used to it but the first at throws your pacing and minutes. heart rate all the way off yeah yeah i can up. imagine i mean yeah. it's relative to everybody but still just yeah. to have to go through that's a psychological like stunner if you will it's just like Ugh, yeah i don't want to do this exactly and ben deal's been talking about like you know getting he, used to you know the water and using ice baths and things like that to get was, used to get acclimated. he was sticking his head in an ice bath or oh, something like that geez. good for him but yeah that's it helps yeah, <laughs> did, did, I think he put up a video where he was doing that like every morning for a bit. He would fill up an ice bath and like stick his head into it just to oh. get accustomed to, I don't know, at 7 a.m. each day being like. <laughs> All right. Yeah. How about we move forward? Yeah. Not a lot of lead out news there. No. We'll try. We'll try. We're going to have to get creative with the lead out news in the lack of racing season here we'll coming up. Something. There's always something. We're going to come There's something cool. Something. That's yeah. macro news. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, our topic, December. December training. What you guys doing? Oh, I got some strong what opinions. What is going on, on with December the December week. training? Yeah. Got hot takes and strong opinions. Hot Dude, takes hot and strong time. opinions. I like it. <laughs> um, let's talk about this. Let's talk about what we're all doing. Um, maybe some of the, uh, you know, take a look at some of the different disciplines out there in the world that we are involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Lance isn't here today to really kind of inject some of this other stuff. So uh, hopefully this doesn't get too heavy on yeah. the track. Because <laughs> the three, it's going the, all track. The three, yeah. the three of us here aren't racing. That's a funny thing. I mean, yeah. the, the one person here who is racing, like, Lance's December training is getting ready for a national championship. So exactly. very right. different than what he the still hasn't hit his off season yet. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I want to know what you guys are doing for the holidays. Um, how are you going to structure to get through that? And then let's maybe toss out some tips um, for mm-hmm. our, our listeners, some tips for success. Um, yeah. So Evan, you've got hot takes. Yeah. Take so it. when when we talk about cycling, and I still to this day hear very good cyclists. Also about cyclists in general. This this does go towards the triathlon community a little bit, but I hear it mostly in the cycling world that the the winter months are are for base mileage. And we've brought this up on this podcast before. Is that I think that that old adage is changing, but I still know guys that are all about man. When I hit that December, January, February time period i just put in a lot of zone one two miles Mm -hmm. just miles 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 time in the saddle i've really this this off season for me going almost basically the exact opposite way i'm going probably cutting off 20 percent of my volume i would typically be doing in season and putting in a ton of intensity a lot of quality work and a lot of intensity this time of year Mm -hmm. okay and let's put this out there too is it safe to assume that you've gone through like an active rest period an active rest block if you will and you've really given your body some time to recover from the beat down that you put on it through the course of the season and all the racing yeah i i finished this season i I know i know we talked about this before on three races in five weeks so Uh right after that um as i talked about on here basically through the end of september i just trained when I felt like it gotcha. just purely if I felt like going out 
um, started back up just doing what felt good in October, Mm -hmm. got structured in November. And now that I'm hitting December, I'm basically right on 18, 19 hours a week with strength training, maybe closer to 20. So if you could give me like a a mile high snapshot of like what your October looked like of just writing what felt good, what Mm -hmm. were you doing in that time period? Um, what did it, what did it work out to? You didn't have structure. You wouldn't, you weren't putting things on a a, a weekly calendar and saying, this is what I have to do on these particular days. But if you go back and take a look at it, what did that month kind of look like? Um, I started building some just consistency with after work runs and getting Zwift figured out mostly. (laughs) You did really, it was just getting Zwift figured out, figuring out how to do intervals and work erg mode Mm -hmm. and, um, ignoring swimming. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> which was which I was basically in October scared of swimming. I think that's I didn't kind of you're still in swim. that mode of like I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, and it's not swimming. Yeah, it's not what it was. I was doing a lot so. of plyometric work. Um, all, literally all like kind of on my own. Just like either it was throughout the day or on Mondays I would do plyometric workouts. I didn't get back into really a structured lifting program, but definitely a lot of of stability strength work, which is a lot of what I do for my patients anyway. I just sort of was taking my own medicine there. And yeah, outside of that, I wasn't nearly as structured with my eating like I was in the season, which felt great. And yeah, lots of potato chips, huh? Yeah, a lot, lot of potato <laughs> chips. And yeah, that that was basically well. So once I got done with October, and I'm not sure. I think I've brought this up on here before. I actually started in November. I'm now six or seven weeks into this every Friday um, I fast for 24 hours mm-hmm. so that's a dinner to dinner fast usually um, and I started that in November just to see if I'd be able to sustain it I think there are some benefits to yeah. to doing that and it's been pretty easy actually the last seven weeks has yeah. not been hard so good good job man mm-hmm. um, yeah. how about you Matt I'd love to disagree with Evan as much as possible on this podcast. Hot takes, hot takes. I can't because the you know um, the idea of like base you know big base miles in the winter time. I'm sure it works for people, and I'm sure <clears throat> it, it's fantastic. I just feel like the winter cold rainy months are not the best for cycling, and no. when it's easier to put in high mileage on in the summertime, I just say do it that way. Yeah, it's just so much nicer. Um, not that I don't think, you know, and I, I, I don't think that people should completely turn off the bike, um, like I have, uh, but, uh, but I do think, um, from my perspective, it's, you know, it's a great time to do some Zwifting, mm-hmm. it's, which really lends itself to like those structured workouts. It does. Yeah. And More so, quality, less quantity. And so yeah. as much as I hate to agree with Evan, I'll agree with Evan on that yeah. one. Uh, additionally, you know, as we talk to, you know, a large portion of our audience are triathletes. Maybe, maybe the, maybe yeah. all of them. We don't know. Most of them come from collegiate uh, <laughs> track running <laughs> yes. and got into triathlon and only picked up bikes due to that. What I've usually, and, and you can maybe try to apply this to cycling in, in some weird ways, but you know, work on your weaknesses, work on things that are kind of easier to work on. And, and I almost always recommend a swim block to triathletes in the wintertime where you're swimming significantly more. And so that's for me kind of like the focus mm-hmm. of December will still be, um, getting healthy run wise. Uh, and then and putting in a decent amount of volume for the swim. So that's the plan. Gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the plan that way. And and we've talked about this on this podcast. And in addition to this, is like we've been doing Pilates. Yes, sir. And I think that <clears throat> winter time is another time where you can do all these things if you're not mm-hmm. doing you know these six hour long bike rides. And yeah. you know it's like well then you have to you know you have time to do other stuff like spend time with your family or yeah. um, do some Pilates, do some stuff, some of the stuff that we would kind of say. 
we know we need to work on, yeah. but Pilates, yoga, kind of strength training, plyometrics, agility, yep. it's just yeah. the whole gamut, the cross training stuff that your yep. body really needs. So. It is, it is good to get, get into those, those habits then when you have half the time. Yeah. Cause you're, I mean, a six hour ride is more than just a six hour ride. That's yeah. you're, you're kind of mentally toast for an hour or two after a six hour oh, ride. Yeah. yeah that, Family time kind of goes by the wayside. And you need to, you know, yeah. you need to carry your bike. There's just so much stuff to do with, yeah. uh, within cycling. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very rare for me to find a ride in the winter time. Even when I used to live in Southern California, when the weather was summer and summer light, that mm-hmm. was six hours long. Um, I, I do have those more in the summertime. Yep. If, if those are going to pop up, mm-hmm. that's generally when they're going to pop up. Cause I, I just don't want to be out riding for mo- much more than like two and a half to three hours when it's, you know, 42 degrees and raining. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it wears on my body. There's some people that are built for it just fine. Mm-hmm. My, my body, maybe it's just me getting older. It's just like, nah, don't, don't want to take much more of that. So, yeah. but I think there's value there to doing the, the longer rides, but that for me, I would agree with you. I, that's not all I do. Yeah. Um, the intensity that I'm going to add in, it's not going to be nearly as structured, but it's going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be nearly as intense as it would be come late January, early February, mm-hmm. but it's still going to be there. I think that there's something to be said about keeping that in your schedule, mm-hmm. um, and really kind of ramping it up as well. And I, the, the long rides do pay dividends. Um, mm-hmm. cause yeah. when you get into the, the start of a season for me one of the big things that i have issues with is like the early season cramping and i think for me it's not necessarily i mean and in the past i've had problems with vitamin d deficiency and that, that can lead itself to cramping um, i've had problems with hydration and, and electrolytes and that can lead to cramping but for me mostly if i don't get the neurological input um, from the longer rides or the intense rides that are actually outside in that cold weather and getting acclimated mm-hmm. to that, my, that's how my body just reacts. So I do need to get out in the cold weather and I do need to do some interval stuff and I do need to have some longer stuff with longer sustained climbs with the, the subsequent de, so, um, the, the um, coming downhill, <laughs> if yeah. you will, the descending. And yeah. it, you know that's when you're kind of in that tucked position and you're not pedaling, the, the muscles start to shorten up. And it's like kind of coupling that with going right back into another climb and doing another descent for me that lends itself to cramping if my body's not yeah. ready for that i need to be doing those kinds of things in the mm-hmm. winter time so you want to go climb some hills is that what you're telling me yeah I, i'm gonna have to yeah i'm gonna have All to right. get out there and start doing that yeah um that sounds good going back to what matt said too i want to <clears throat> get you guys' opinion on this when we talk about riding outside mm-hmm. um this time of year you can just be doing out there just any kind of stuff. But if you do go out and do some climbing, you're going to have like your sustained Watts and then you're going to have the, the decline or the um, descending. Why do I keep stumbling over that word? Um, <laughs> the the declining des- gradient. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The descending, um, you know, you're not going to be putting in near the same Watts. And so, and, and you're going to have the coasting and you're going to have the stoplights and the stop signs and all that stuff. So you're going to look at this power curve throughout the course of your ride and it's going to be up and down and all over the place. And then if you take that cumulative ride and you want to look at the, the effect of like the training effect that you're going to get from it, from having the sustained Watts, it's not going to be nearly as precise as say jumping on a trainer. Mm-hmm. When you get on a trainer, there's, especially if you're in erg mode, there's no reprieve. So like yeah. what I do in an hour is right. probably about what I would take for me to do like an hour and a half to hour and 45 yep. minutes outside yep. of just getting that, those steady watts. Same training effect, yeah. So if I'm going to go ride the, the trainer for an hour and a half to two hours, I, I will liken that to doing like a three hour ride outside. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a definite benefit to that. Yeah. So I think, especially when you're talking about I mean, from a time trialing perspective, uh-huh. you know, a triathlon perspective, sure. like, yeah. like there's a ton of benefit as a cycling racer to be riding a, outside. You know I mean? Like we've, we've talked about that and Jake just went through a lot, a lot of those sure. reasons, but 
especially for us, there's a reason why a lot of your even pro triathletes spend 90, 95% of their it's, time on indoor. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm, I wish I was better at it. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm very lucky that I, I like indoor riding. I'm right. fine with it. Um, now that I have a cross bike, I like outdoor riding actually a lot more now, but, sure. but I really do like, like indoor riding. And I mean, for me, it's so much easier just for me to plug into a workout three hours. I don't have to think. I don't have to process anything. All you got to do is just and, – and on erg mode, good God, you don't even have to know the workout. Yeah. You just, just sit there just and ride, yeah. just, <laughs> just keep like, on oh, turning the pedals. You glance over from time to time to see what's coming, yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a workout that I've been doing basically every weekend um, of this offseason that I know is going to really build my Ironman engine. It's I just called it steady progressions, but all it is is – I go from 190 watts up to 270, back down, back up, back down, back up. Yeah. Right now I do it for about three hours, and I'm going to progress that out to a five-hour workout over the next couple months. And, <laughs> I mean, the average comes out to about 230, 240. And, and it you're is just watching stuff? Just watching stuff. Watching YouTube. And I don't even have to pay attention to when the interval's coming because like, oh, this it's is starting just, to get a little harder. And, yeah. It's starting to get a little harder. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, the closer we get up to 270, it's like, ah, oh, this is not comfortable anymore. And, you know, you kind of got to sit in for a little bit. Do you kind of, like, pause what you're watching and focus on, on working, or do you just... Um, um, I, I switch to music usually. Okay. I go from a video to music when it starts to get hard for about 10 minutes and then it's back to, back to some video. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I, I mm-hmm. am the same way when I do a hard workout, I do music yep. and then do music, if I'm yeah. like just chilling or whatever yeah. video. Yeah. Yep. Kind of the same way. Yeah. yeah. Music. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's funny. You say that you, you're learning to love the indoor riding stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you'd asked me this three years ago, I would have laughed at you. It's like, there's no way anybody can love it. Yeah. And then last year, I didn't have any other options. Right. So I kind of learned to love the fact that I could just get on the bike and ride, even though it wasn't my favorite. That was the only option I had. And that was kind of like my reprieve from life and this mm-hmm. constant pain that I was having in my shoulder and the whole recovery process. So I, I learned to to kind of appreciate it last year. And then this mm-hmm. year, um, you know, I'm just I'm so packed for time yeah. like I, my time is so like finite right now that I just don't have any other time so I can I can schedule that in anywhere I don't have to be yeah. thinking about like all right what's it going to be like weather wide outside what yeah. route am I going to ride and can I get somebody to come with me so I don't feel so scared about getting hit by a car yep. I'm a giant wussy when it comes to that right now so yeah. it's kind of nice just to be able to go there and that's kind of like my time Yep. Granted, I still find myself returning texts and trying to get back to some emails, but that's when I plug into some stuff that, that I want to do. And I know that I'm going to have a, a good functional program. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of nice. It's it is. definitely it something is. that um, I recommend to yeah. folks. And I think just, yep. I mean, results on the road or we, we all know a bunch of even road cyclists who do a ton of indoor training. <clears throat> yeah. and these guys, you know, I mean, these guys and gals are strong. There's you, if you're able to plug into the consistency of an indoor program for a period of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of always treat it, even in the off-season, no matter what, on Saturdays, I'm going to ride outside. And gotcha. that's kind of the reward for the week of still enjoying cycling and getting out there. But, yeah, during the week at this point, it's, you know, basically work. How so, many days of the week are you biking? I was just going to ask that like same five, question. Yeah. Five? Five right now, I oh, think. Five. Yeah. yeah. For so somewhere around there, five. Yeah. Kind of four work weekday, or, or do you do Saturday, Sunday, too, so... Yeah, I ride Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, usually. Okay, gotcha. Usually, sometimes I'll sprinkle on a Thursday. It depends on the week. Sometimes I'll skip a Monday if I'm really toast, but yeah. Yeah. So what is your week going to look like this week, Matt? We're recording this on a Monday. We'll call this the first day of the week. You're going to have, are you going to have a structured week this week or is it still kind of a little haphazard? super unstructured for sure. Yeah, no. um, So I'll run two to three times per week. I'll bike to about basically twice this week, two or three times. Um, and then I'll swim, um, five or six. You are in the pool a lot then. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. How about you, Evan? So it's Monday. What's your week going to look like for the rest of the week? Probably going to be five swims. I'm kind of there with Matt. Once December hit, I was going to try and always get swim, five. Swim a yeah. little more. Um, I'm going to run. Oh, there's a chance I may be running every day. Um, I'll probably run six days. That's what I've been running lately is about six. The the, the run fitness, I I don't really treadmill. I don't really take time away from running, to be completely honest. I, I have a little dip in volume, but mostly the, the running stays pretty consistent. And then on the bike, like I was saying, probably four or five days, five days, we'll say. Yeah, gotcha. five days. Gotcha. Yeah. Will your month change as the month goes on? Will you start to sharpen things up or do so, you kind of like ride this wave? until so the- we're jumping ahead for sure, but we're, we're all going to deal with um, holiday yeah. issues. Yep. Yep. And, yep. Um, and then to jump ahead even further, strategies to take those on. Uh, you know, I have these goals of just saying like, hey, try and get one workout in per day, just something. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. Yeah. So they will be a, they will be adjusted as December kind of moves forward, but just because we, we, you know, we have a ton of family coming into town. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of work to do, and so it's like already I've got two strikes against me, mm-hmm. and I, you, I feel like where I am with my life right now, you have to make some sacrifices, and training right now is one of those sacrifices I'm willing to make. So, gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's tough. But. Yeah. When is your first race going to be? Next year. 2020 not till march probably although i guess so i would love to do jack frost time trial so that'll depend on making sure i have a time trial bike to do it on sure um so that may be my first race uh but i think that's in march now yep second weekend of march and then towards the end of march they have this race called the spring classic which i enjoy doing it's a flat Mm -hmm. uh duathlon so it's a 5k uh 5k 20k 5k basically so it's pretty reasonable and i would like to do that one as well assuming everything goes well when do things get really hot and heavy for you in your training? All not well for the training, <clears throat> really uh, January first. January first is yeah. when you kind of turn it on. Oh, well, I have to. I okay. have to. I'm already really out of shape and in a horrible place right now, and so it's just a matter of like, hey, do I want to try and ramp up stuff when I know the holidays are going to be? I mean, I should. I should still go ahead and kind of make things a little bit more functional, kind of get into some more bike workouts and things like that. But, yeah. But I just know it's like I know January first is going to be easier time-wise just because family's gonna leave the house we're actually gonna have quite a bit of family in our house and then once everyone leaves things get back to normal things get a little bit more structured yeah and i think that's gonna be prime time gotcha and in fact i want to do some stuff with the podcast and just be like hey listeners join us in january for whatever we want to call it like lose some weight uh do some work some sort of January 1st challenge. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm in. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Evan, I'm very curious yeah. to hear about your 2020. We've kind of touched on it a few times, but I've heard yeah. you say that you're going to do some gravel racing. I've heard you talk about yeah. possibly yeah. doing some road races, some time trials. You've got your yeah. pro calendar that you're going to have on there. And then you've talked about maybe doing some cyclocross racing. Like you've like thrown the kitchen sink at us I in have. terms of like yeah. the stuff that you want to do. But realistically speaking, what am I actually going to do? do what, you, yeah. what are you going to do? And when is it going to get started? And what are you going to focus on next yeah. year? And, uh, and how does that, how does that play out now? It sounds like you've got a pretty good plan. And yeah, I mean, you, to be honest, the last couple of years, I've had some decent success with just starting getting structured in November. And what I've kind of realized is when, when I was younger, I would Right when I get back into training, I would do these massive off-season blocks. Like, I'd be training right. some crazy amount of hours a week. And I still joke with some of my friends who I raced with at that time that I think some of my best fitness I've ever had in my life was in, like, February. You're like, I'm crushing February Just races. crushing. <laughs> just crushing the off-season. no races Oh, man. If I, I'll tell you what. If the, <laughs> if, the, if the North American Championship was February 2nd, 
oh, I'd be, I would have been right there. Right in the mix. <laughs> right in the mix. But nobody cares. And that's, and that's kind of what I had to realize was like, if you actually want to race fast, I had to take away that training hero mentality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's been since November, it's just been about consistency. And it's just going to continue to be about consistency in a very slow build. You know, I mean, right now, for instance, this last week, I rode nine hours, ran 50 miles and swam 10K. Those numbers are going to slowly build through. They're not bad. That's not those are those are good numbers. No, no, they're they're fine. You know, what's really different about your training this year is that Mm. gravel bike stuff. Oh, it's awesome. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm seeing that as a major difference. I think you've neglected the swim. I definitely but I have, but I don't I think you're hundred percent neglected to swim. But I don't think your swim is bad. No. Swimming is one of those things where you can do that. And I think biking is a little bit like this where it's like, you can kind of ignore it for a while and still be okay. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. you don't, it depends on what you're doing in your biking Absolutely. stuff. Like if That's I true. ignore my biking for a month, like not yeah. saying that I'm not riding, but if I just like get unstructured and I just go ride like less right. and, and do nothing, that's going to have a pretty Takes dramatic a effect on me. Yeah. But it, I think it affects your high end. And but, I, it's, exactly. but it's different for the triathlon world when exactly. we're talking about yeah. like only a couple races. So like for, for, for me, basically, um, January, I've said this on here before. I'm going to continue to say it because I'm going to have to hold myself accountable is I'm planning on swimming every day of January. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's kind of my like New Year's resolution, which is fine. That that's, you know, the New Year's resolution. January 1st, you can swim a 5K with me if you want. Cool. That's yeah. a that's a big day. I might as well start it out that start way. Start it off with a bang. Yeah. I might as well start it out with a, with a longer swim. That's, the, that's kind of this like thing that I do every year. Nice. So I okay. I, I will be jumping in with you then. But yeah, that, that'll be the start of my January. And uh, the biking and running is fine. Like it's it's continued to progress and I'm fit there. So I just have to stay consistent. And my season is really going to start. I mean, I'm, I am out of right as of right now, I'm out of town the weekend of the Vancouver Lake half marathon, which, been nice. which yeah. is a, to be honest, a complete bummer for me. That, um, you just said, if I'm not mistaken, that yes. you're really going to spotlight that as one of your big yes. races for well, 2020. Last have, podcast, he mentioned that one as one of the ones that he had had a really good. Exactly. Race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So but just to be complete though, I have a, a work, um, requirement that I am I am desperately trying to get out of because I would so much not want to be in Tampa, Florida that weekend. I want to be here in the cold racing that half marathon for the life of me. Like it, it really bothers it's, me this year that I won't not be that there. Big of, it's not that big of a deal. I know. I know. At the end of the day, it isn't. But I that that, that race is a happy place for me, and I really did want to go close to one ten this year. So we'll so see. It's weird that they would have a work stuff on a weekend. I, you know, I wonder if there's a race in Tampa you could do. I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I could look up to see if there's a half marathon compared to what you're used oh, to. Just, just you skip the, just skip the class assignments we have to be doing there, and just mm. <laughs> get in, get so in and be what, like, sorry, I got a race. What races will we see on your on your calendar in 2020? So I have looked at starting the season out with Galveston again, just like I did uh-huh. last year. That 73 because I want a course I can go under four hours on, which What's would the, be that. When course. is the time frame in that one? Is that in April? That I believe is the first weekend in April. First weekend I'd in have April. to look it up okay. again. Yeah, but um. Then the Yam Hill is the last weekend in April, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yam Hill Gravel Grinder. Unless I have a life. Of, the, the the thing is, is I, I think I have a couple of weddings that are coming up in that springtime period. So I got to look at those. But right, right now it's Galveston 73 and Yam Hill would be the two that I want to do in April. Mm-hmm. Um, road race wise, I want to grab a road race in March. Just probably one or two. Uh, I think, I think all you're looking at for that month would be piece of cake would probably be the one that you want to go do dirty yeah. circles. If you're going to pass on one of those two, I would definitely pass on dirty circles. Dirty circles. Gotcha. Yeah, but piece of cake would be fun for you. Yeah. Um, and then after that, basically a 
big sort of training racing block going from Victoria 73, which is the last weekend in May, and then Coeur d'Alene 73, which is the last weekend in June. Mm -hmm. Um, Really consistent training through there, mostly triathlon focused. And then we're going to hit Cassie's full Ironman, which is going to be in Santa Rosa. Um, I I won't be racing that, but I'll be going. Sherpa. Yeah, I will be Sherpaing. And then my Ironman will be Ironman Canada at the end of August. Gotcha. So what are you going to do June, July? You do the local stuff? I may do. Well, I'm going to be at the local races. That that is for sure. I'm going to be there supporting people. Um, I may race, you know, just make them training day races. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to need, I mean, I'm going to be training you tons need, of intensity through you that time do period. do Pat too. Crest or, um, Coeur d'Alene half, one of, one of those kind of Coeur, halves. Coeur d'Alene half, I, I, I will be racing. Yeah. Yeah. You need something in that time frame. Yep. So, but yeah, be a perfect build for a full. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a lot, a lot of slow increase in volume during that time, which is why I'm not too. And you don't have to peak for, you know, some of these <clears> things no. you can just cruise right through them. There's basically going to be one peak this year. That's, that's how I'm building my training is there's going to be only one peak. So, so let's say that you get through all of this unscathed. Yeah. Will we see, will we see you on your cross bike? Oh, I should. Up, picking yeah. on a number for a cross race in September. Unless something bad happens. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I have a cross bike now. I'm going to be out yeah. there getting my butt absolutely handed to me. But yeah. <laughs> Any triathlons into the, into the fall or next winter or maybe Santa Cruz. No, it's going to be too busy season. with cross. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Cause you like that one. That was one of the ones you mentioned. I Santa like Cruz. Santa That's Cruz, true. but I, I October, I would be doing cross then this instead of doing the slow ramp back up into training. Like I usually do. I would just race cross for fun now. And I think you'd have, have fun with that, especially oh, yeah. just the early season stuff. I don't, I mean, you could go do the cross crusade, but that's kind of a, like if you get into it and you end up having to do all eight or nine races, however many races it is that, that, kind of yeah. grinds on you a little bit but yeah. yeah that early season that gp series that's a lot of fun yeah um david douglas isn't my most favorite race but the races after that they're a blast and i mm-hmm. think that you would have a really good time out there doing that's that. kind of that's kind of looking at it was the the david douglas and gp were the ones that lance had mentioned to me would yeah. be kind of just the fun ones to get into yeah, and do, yeah. so and then yeah. matt will see you having all kinds of fun and he'll come out and join that's you right. and get back on a cross exactly. bike right that's right yeah exactly can count on it's it one of the only bikes he has right now well, so he I'm has true. to right well <laughs> that, that is like how many bike, what bikes do you have i got a cross bike that i, I hate cross you know? well technically you have like almost two track bikes now because yeah. you know it's split into two pieces so yeah. it's kind of like two bikes, <laughs> kind of like two yeah. bikes. Yeah. <laughs> i'm just gonna ride the aero bar part there we'll just make sure you don't put you know any pressure on the handlebars no. there yeah Supplemental stuff. What do you guys have going on supplementally speaking in the month of December? Well, you personally, we've obviously talked about Pilates. Yes, and I think that's good for us. Um, I think that you know you're going pretty regularly. You're like all in on Pilates. I have to be. I it's, I have to do something different. And I think it, it's good. It's helping me, but at the same time, I'm hurting right now. And I don't think it was from Pilates. It's just the, the course of this weekend. When I got out on the bike for that ugly Christmas sweater ride, my shoulder hurt the entire time. And then like yeah. yesterday, it hurt. And t- this morning, it hurts. It's like it's just not happy. It's not from Pilates. It's something else that I did. I don't even know what it was. It's just the stupidest little things get me. But I need to be doing something because it, my body's not plateaued but it's just it needs extra special attention and i yeah. need to i need to have somebody else help me to get it i need an yeah. extra set of eyeballs yeah. on me and I'm, I'm i'm enjoying pilates everything else i mm-hmm. gosh i like you come out of that and like your hips are like loose. like fully engaged yeah. and loose and strong and strong and like it it hurts while you're yeah. doing we're, we're, we're crying just a little bit um through that and i'm really enjoying like going through those movements and, and focusing on the small movements that i know are going to pay dividends when i get back onto the bike so um 
having something like that is going to be good. I just need my shoulder to freaking quit it. I, yeah. I'm biting my tongue right now, trying not to throw explicatives at it. But um, yeah. So I, how are you liking it, Matt? Yeah. No, I'm really enjoying it. I just like the how easy it is to kind of hop in do around and it doesn't like I don't feel like I'm super sore afterwards like it's not like you go and you you know what what you would like climb hills for four hours on a bike like you're going to be beat from something like that this is this is totally different this is like oh you're isolating a specific muscle and you're working it and you're like oh that that hurts like that's you know it but you're not you're not wiped afterwards. Yeah, you and you don't get into a lot of the prime movers. You use them, but you're really focusing on a lot of those smaller synergistic muscles yeah. that are mm-hmm. working like ancillary to everything. It's 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 nice, and it's really a lot of postural stuff. It's a lot of like core stability. It's a lot of good yeah. strength through ranges of motion that you're not used to going through. So yeah, and it, it's I don't consider it like I you know I should consider it like a workout for the day, but I don't. I don't consider that as having done a workout. Yeah. So it's like, I'll do that. And then I could go directly to the pool and swim. And that yeah, would be sure. the workout or, or, you know, whatever it is, like do some sort of workout prior to yeah. that and then go there. And so it, in some ways it's great that it's like you do this thing and it's going to be helpful for us to kind of have stronger core, stronger, um, some of these little intrinsic muscles and yeah. things like that. Um, but it isn't that like I did this. And so, I, you know, cross that off the list. I'm done. I don't have to work out today. Cause it, does, it doesn't feel like that to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of primes you for the rest of the yeah. day, which is great. Though. It's good. Yeah. And yeah. you can still uh-huh. go do like a, a oh, full yeah. like strength training yeah. program. If you want to get right. into like a multi-joint, like explosive workout, yeah. you can still add that into your day and be just fine. Yeah. And that's the other thing I was going to mention was, um, you know, I, I've been, I have, I've kind of neglected weights and things like that. Uh, but I think I'm at the point now where I can get in positions and things like that and actually lift weights. You know, in particular, I had a hard time with squats because the bar, you know, having that on my shoulder was really tricky. Um, but I can get around that with some other things and, and I can get in the weight room and do some stuff. And so I've gone to the weight room really only like once per week for the past couple of weeks. Um, I'd like to make that two or three times per week. Sure. Because uh, I get a different type of soreness from that, which I think is probably really helpful for me. Um you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not lifting heavy weights, uh, but I can get to the point where I can get sore and it doesn't take that much time for me. I can do it right mm-hmm. after a swim. It takes me like 20 minutes and yeah. I can get kind of what I need. So how about you, Evan? Um, honestly, I mean, outside the stuff I mentioned earlier, which is Dude, a lot of talking the, about doing those drills. Yeah. And, drills and plyometrics and a lot of the stability. Well, if you don't mind me asking, what are you doing for plyometrics? So for, for example, I'll just use, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll use one of the, the funnier ones I did recently after work. And I did this a couple weeks in a row in October. Um, I would do a 400 on the treadmill. So pretty okay. fast paced, whatever the miles per hour didn't even matter. It was just to get, get the heart rate really up jump off of it, um, grab two weights and I would do, uh, my bounce, what, what I call my bouncing drills, which are progressive okay. bouncing drills, which is like, imagine skipping and you increase the height as you go, increase the height as you go. And then I would drop those and I would go over to one of our boxes that we have. Um, my vertical is pathetically low. So it was generally, <laughs> generally the 24 jumps. inch box. <laughs> you do some box jumps. I would do some box jumps. And, uh, for this set that, that, that I was doing at that time was 10 box jumps. And then I would get off the box and I'd pick up the box, which is an awkwardly big object yeah. and carry it around the room on my toes for a bit and then put it back down, go back on the treadmill for the 400 and I'd repeat that circuit. How many times yeah. would you go through? Um, uh, I think at my peak, I was doing that five times, but when I used to do strength training like that, uh, back when I was younger, it was usually like 10 sets of that. Okay. It was just like a, imagine fixing a track workout into your plyometrics with some just brute strength training. So I didn't do a lot of growing up. 
Yeah. I'm sure so. a lot of people listening to this have yeah. heard the word plyometrics. Um, Come out of my mouth probably a lot. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> and, and it's something that I've utilized for, gosh, yeah. half my adult life. Um, you want to explain to people yeah. what plyometrics is so, so that those that don't know what it is? Yeah, ju- ju- just the pure definition of a plyometric is actually something that can be kind of debated, but at the end of the day, it's basically... So imagine if I'm lifting 150 pounds slow and controlled, like we generally talk about whenever you're doing a bench press, a squat, deadlift, what have you, um, a plyometric would be taking some form of resistance and you are exploding against that quickly or just your own body weight. So skipping, uh, vertical leap, box jumps, bounding, bounding, triple single leg jump is a great example. Um, cutting would be another plyometric. Think of it as a timing exercise. So it's if I'm going to do something, I'm doing it as quickly as I can, and then I'm going to the next movement very quickly too. Yep. So it's 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 a quick change of pace. It's it, the the main reason I use it is, and this is going really down a physical therapy hole here. But when when we talk about tendon health in aerobic athletes, let's just talk about runners mm-hmm. for a second. We can talk about cyclists and swimmers all day too, because they're plyometrics for swimmers absolutely that I utilize. Um, but for runners, you're talking about the. the you would think like, oh, if, if you're a powerful runner, why don't these guys have big muscles? Yeah. Like if, I, if I'm just somebody who's completely uneducated on running, you're like, why would a guy who deadlifts 450 pounds be a slow runner? Which right. is true. I mean, you take an Olympic weightlifter and have them run against your casual 5K, or I'm going to put my money on the casual 5K or yeah. every single time. Yep. Now, why that is is because pl- tendons response, the quickness of that contraction when your foot hits the ground is way more important than the actual muscular strength that's basically right. put through there. You're talking about basically a rubber band effect. So mm. if, uh, for instance, I'm a four foot striker. So is Matt, I believe, are you a four foot striker? Yeah. Primarily, probably mid foot, four foot. When our foot strikes the ground, there is a response time that comes from our Achilles to then lift that heel back up on the ground and propel yourself forward. Right. If you can shorten and make that time more efficient, and in sense more powerful because what's the power equation there's also time involved it's force and time Mm -hmm. so if you can increase your time decrease your weight resistance and be still a powerful athlete i'm not saying i I run strength classes i'm not saying take away the strength component but i'm saying that time component is a really neglected portion of that Mm -hmm. if you can improve all of those facets and not just the power not just the strength training right you create a a faster runner basically Mm -hmm. so that's where plyometrics are really important is when you talk about taking care of your muscles with strength training, you also have to take care of your tendon complexes and your brain to, you know, motor pattern connection. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, running fast is not something that you just wake up and learn one day. Your brain has to go through that pattern over and over again. And those tendons have to be exposed that pattern over Mm -hmm. and over again. So, yep. Good old myotatic stretch reflex. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Proprioception's huge, people. Yes. Work on your balance. Yep. Big, big dividends there. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, do you do any plyometrics? Not really. Not really. And I should. This time we've been talking. Actually, yeah. last night we were well, talking about this. Well, we were yeah. talking about, um, you know, potentially having some classes and things like that mm-hmm. that would help. Um, yeah. And so I don't do a lot of it. It's definitely something, and I, and I haven't done a lot of it in the past either. Uh, you know, I always tell people like if you want to get faster at running run go run you know like and so in some ways like anytime you're exposing your body to some of the motor patterns that you need to do you're you know you're doing what you need to do so Mm -hmm. yeah but you know i think for me because i've had a lot of achilles issues and things like that that Mm -hmm. you i might be able to gradually increase um some of the i'd say some of the pressure and power that's needed through the achilles tendon area 
with some plyometrics that I think could be hugely helpful. Yep. So good. Yep. So besides plyometrics you, and mm-hmm. the strength training that you talked about and all of the, the other work that you do in swim, bike, and run, do you get any mm-hmm. dirty little secrets that you want to share with anybody <laughs> here that you not get, yeah. um, call them dirty just as a joke, but yeah. any little secrets <laughs> that you want to share with people that, um, oh God, they yeah. maybe could There's, look into? You, you, you know, to be completely honest, I think what I've realized in the last two years, which, which is really important. And I know both people sitting at this table already know this, but I think a lot of people I talk to about triathlon don't understand this is with a sport like triathlon that can be all encompassing, you need to have something else that you can pour yourself into. And because if you only have triathlon that you're passionate about, that can become a really dangerous game. I think long-term when we're talking about longevity and consistency, the only dirty secret is just being able to stay consistent, Mm -hmm. which sounds super easy. Like we talk like Jake riding eight hours a week on the bike. That's not as easy as Jake just riding eight hours a week on the bike. That means he's got to reframe some of his life. He's got to get through those days when he doesn't want to get on the bike for all that it's worth. He doesn't want to get on the bike. You still have to find a way to stay consistent. And for me, that is making sure that triathlon's not the be all end all of everything. Cause when it's the be all end all, you're going to get really disappointed in yourself when you're not on your a game. Yeah. And that's a dangerous sort of mental game to play. So I wonder if a lot of pros have a hard time handling. They that. do. There's, there's a lot of, you talk to, any of these pros who have been in the game for a bit, you you think these are confident, well built, super right. humans. Like that's that's how I and like I I remember being that age group or thinking these guys are incredible, like absolutely incredible. You have talks with some of them, and especially as I've realized, some of the younger triathletes, right? Wildly insecure, very nervous, apprehensive people sometimes, which is fine. They're human, just like anybody else. But yeah. that's when when I look at the pros that I really admire. And I think are great. They're generally the guys who have a lot else going on in their life too. Mm-hmm. The Jesse Thomases of the group, the Andrew Starkwitzes, yeah. the the you know the the, the Clay Amgees is another like great age grouper example who's dabbled in the pro field and done very well in the pro field too. But you you've got to have something else in your life that that takes your passion and attention, and not like just a job. You, you you have something that's like you're passionate about that has nothing to do with triathlon. So I think that that's the one like dirty secret that I probably should. So just don't taught myself pour that. all of your self worth into that. Yep. Have other things that you're tied into that can show some balance in your life, so that yep. you're not um, de- devastated when things don't quite go your way. Exactly. I can I can hear what you're saying there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, especially when you talk about injuries. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean the I, thing is when that I injury wasn't hits. Some like you know super pro like cat one guy i mean I, I made it to cat two in the road i thought that was a pretty good accomplishment and i had mm-hmm. a, a couple good results like before i got hit by the car um but you know i'm getting older and i, I was still able to hang in and you're you know you kind of have this like thing built up about yourself like you know you have a certain level that you want to maintain and, and mm-hmm. achieve and then all of a sudden you're taken all the way back down to like remedial levels and you're just trying to learn how to ride a bike again or learn how to just be able to sit on a bike for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really hard. And if you had put, if I had put all my self-worth in that, I mean, I could see myself being on a really slippery slope of like serious depression because mm-hmm. that got taken away from me. And between us sitting here in the table and anybody listening, I don't know if I'll ever get that back again. I don't know if I'll ever be as strong as I was. And I mm-hmm. was talking with somebody about this over the, the weekend. Before I got hit by the car, that was probably probably one of the t- times in my whole life that I was stronger than I'd ever been before. And mm-hmm. it was um, you know, it was all taken away from me. And I don't 
honestly, I don't think I'll ever get back there. I'll try. I'm not going to give up, mm -hmm. but I've got other things that I'm passionate about. And it's yeah. that's not like my self-worth isn't tied to being able right. to race at that cat two road level. Yep. Um, and there's other disciplines, other disciplines I can go out and try and I can go out and be competitive with them. Mm -hmm. Not at the elite level there, but, um, if I was in, in, mm -hmm. in that was everything that, that I was about, I would be devastated right yeah. now, but yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. Right. I think, I think that's the, the, the one dirty secret just find something else to do outside of <laughs> outside of just endurance sports. <laughs> Matt, you've had a lot of experience. Do you have any little secrets? You know, uh, this is going to be controversial. People aren't going to like this one, but oh, I uh, like it. go, 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 go. <laughs> uh, you know, for, for this holiday season and things like that, I might've mentioned this just briefly before, but consider just like not skipping a day. Like look yeah. at, look at your schedule, you know, talk to your wife, talk to your husband and just say, I'm, I'm not going to miss a day through this holiday season. I'm going to, I'm going to bike on Christmas day or whatever it is, you know? And, yeah. and this doesn't mean that you need to miss like the, for me, it's like, I have kids at a certain age that miss just, the opening of presents. <laughs> right. Right. But like, I want, I want to be there when the kids come down and yeah, absolutely. But, but that doesn't mean that I can't sneak out for a three mile run. There's always yeah, a lull absolutely. in the day. Yeah. There's a slight lull in the yeah. day. You have an hour in that day that nobody's going to remember. And, and I'm not even yeah. saying that I'm going to accomplish this goal, but like, I think if you set your mind out to do it, you'll probably be successful. Um, you'll probably be able to do it. And then you're just going to say, Whoa, okay. I'm, you know, I mean, it was a stupid little thing and I made it these past, whatever it is you want to call it two weeks or one week or whatever it is. Um, this Christmas, you know, and New Year's little holiday bit here. If you tell yourself you're not going to miss a day, you won't. Yeah. Could you imagine how many less like family crimes would happen during the holiday <laughs> season? You know, like you, you guys ever talked to cops about like oh. the holiday season? Oh, it's terrible. There's yeah. like family on family crime all the time. <laughs> Could you imagine how much less of that would happen if just like one hour each day I was like, all right, everybody shut up. Nobody talk to each other. Go and exercise for one hour. We, we regroup at four. Come we back with that endorphin yeah. rush. Yeah. <laughs> regroup at four so that we're not all hating each other yeah, right yeah. now. Uh, a couple tips that I would throw out there for the listeners uh, for this time of year, it can be kind of tough. I mean, I don't want to tell people don't like indulge, don't like have some holiday treats mm -hmm. or, you yeah. know, have the big dinners and all that other stuff. But like Matt said, you can find time. Um, mm -hmm. but what I would suggest is, um, maybe getting into like that calorie counting mode or that, that using the, my fitness pals, the one I always recommend to everybody. And a lot of people are familiar with that. If you track your calories and you get into the the habit of tracking them and you know what things or how things actually start to add up mm -hmm. and you look at how quickly like, Oh my gosh, that could have been like a 4,000 calorie day. And you know, thankfully mm -hmm. I was using this and I kept it more at like 2,500 calories or maybe like, Oh crap, yeah. it was a 4,000 calorie day. Now I need to go out and run for an hour or ride for an hour or yeah. do something just to kind of burn off six, seven, 800 calories to get back into that happy zone. Um, consider using that and consider getting started on it now as opposed mm -hmm. to January, January 1st or even like, you know, December 22nd when you're not going to be like making it a habit yet. You, you got to yeah. be consistent about doing it everything. You got to create that routine and that habit every single day. Yeah. Uh, think about doing that now so that you don't come out the backside like, ah, crap. I, What's I, the name I, of the app you like? My Fitness Pal. And you like it? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's great. It's got a massive database. It's yeah. really easy to... I've got to... a ton of patients that use My Fitness Pal, too. It yeah. seems to work great. It's very intuitive. And as soon as you start plugging stuff in, you're going to find that you're kind of a creature of habit. Right. And you're going to yeah, have like this... Stuff. Your yeah. stuff is just going to be there. And it makes it really easy because if you have like the same thing every single day, it's really easy just to open an app, hit that, put it, hit enter, mm -hmm. and, and it's done. I mean, yeah. it literally will take you less than five seconds. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nice to, to use that. So this is where being the, the one person without kids at the table, like yeah. I think some of my biggest training blocks I've actually had in my life have been over like the holidays. Yeah. Usually. Cause I have a very small family. When, well, when I go back to Ohio, like it's a really, really small family get together. And like 
my mom I know is going to be working out a ton my dad's going to be riding as much as he can I I always battled with my parents where they would be like you're going to go run on Christmas and I'm like don't mess with me (laughs) (laughs) or or, you know they're like (laughs) or they'd be like you know we're gonna we're gonna drive down to such and such and go do some you know whatever travels and I would be like, okay, what time are we leaving? They're like, you know, seven in the morning. I'll be like, okay, I have to get up at five then. Yep, you know, and it's like, they like, they didn't like it. Yeah. But like, they knew that that was part of the deal. Part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was a struggle. And so yeah. I don't necessarily think that it's, it's having kids in particular, because when you have kids, you're in charge sort of. I mean, That's true, yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're married, then you're not in charge. But, uh. <laughs> But, you know, usually you can kind of say, like, well, all right, we'll do this. And, like, and for your, your wife is also a runner. So, yeah, you know, that helps. That yeah. helps a lot. Yeah. You thought you were running, Matt? No, I'm running. Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. with well, we're trade, we will trade off. It's just, well. it's just yeah. arguing as to who gets it's, to go first, basically. Exactly. That's how that works. Another tip is, um, you know, there's there's communities of people that go out and do this kind of stuff at that time of year. There's, oh, yeah. like, little rides that and helps. runs yep. and swims that you'll find. Like, Matt does his thing every year on New Year's. I mean, you can go plug in with somebody, Matt. Yep. But something in particular that I like that I think works out pretty well. Are we going to do something? like weird like 50 by 100 set or something like that no oh, 5k okay, good. It's 5k straight it's oh way wait worse. seriously it's oh way God. worse <laughs> it's way worse than what you're hoping oh, take for a breathers for water that's for sure so one thing that i do like is on um strava they've got the festive 500 oh, yeah. so it's 500 kilometers and it's from a new year's eve until christmas eve so you've i think it's a it was a seven day block seven is that yep. seven days through from that time to that time yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so you've got seven days to ride basically 300 i think it has to be outside and it has, it has to be outside, outside. Yeah. this yeah. is where i'm gonna and fail I've, it i'm not gonna get i've it done, done that a few times and it's actually a lot of fun and the last time i did it um i actually finished two days early so yeah. it really drives you to go outside wasn't and get it, those miles in lance was saying that he was going to do that last podcast wasn't he yeah he, he said he, he was going to do it yeah. oh gotcha okay so um Last year, couldn't do it just because I wasn't ready. The year before that, I was going to do it. I was all queued up, and it freaking snowed like a banshee for like three or four days straight, like through Christmas. And we had a white Christmas that year. And yeah. I'm like, I, I just can't ride my road bike out, and this is not worth going down. So I, I missed it the last two years. So you I want to try the mountain bike for a 90 miler on the mountain bike. Should have, could have, would have. Could have just been doing laps on Heritage Trail, right? Oh, there. God. <laughs> out and back and out, out and back. back. Out and back. Yeah. I wouldn't um, put it past you. But I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't mind trying to do that this year and putting uh, that on the schedule. And it's kind of fun because when you say, I'm going to do this, like, and you m- make it publicly known, mm-hmm. you've got this goal, all of a sudden you'll get people like, hey, I'll do that with you. Yeah, and now Misery true. loves company, right? If it's crappy weather, they're going to go ride with you. And all of a yeah. sudden it just got you to do be a, fun. You do a lot of flat stuff, just kind of go out towards Vancouver yeah, Lake. Yeah, I try and make it flat. There's no elevation that needs to be a part of this. So, yeah, it's out to Vancouver Lake or yeah. Marine Drive out to Troutdale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's bring Troutdale back. Lance, there we go. Bring, bring it back to our <laughs> Yeah, I mean, topic today. <laughs> for, from where I live to ride out to the very end of uh, Vancouver Lake to um, yeah. the Frenchman's Bar area and back, it's 50 miles. We've done so. that so many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's a good ride, actually. And yeah. that's, you know, it's theoretically less traffic and less stoplights sure. and stuff. So, yeah. So um, that's something that yeah. I would recommend that people do is put something like that on your schedule and, and tell others that you're going to do it and have them join you. You guys got any other tips or tricks? That's tips it. or tricks pick a KOM this off season that you want to go Ooh, get. that's fun i've got a couple of those that i'm that i'm really eyeing one particularly is the man sitting across the table from me lake road i need to get that right. before the start of this next season so i've got till like bring it i've got like till april <laughs> i've got to get that KOM. <laughs> oh trust me if you take it I i've will, been saying it for a year and a half now. i will focus <laughs> all of my energy and effort away from racing and put it back on to getting on that back everybody <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't know what is that like a four percent three minute effort roughly Something like that. Four yeah. percent climb, three minute effort. Something. Only three minutes for you guys. Something, something yes. in that. In that Takes range. me like an hour and a half. Yeah, something like that. Maybe two, and maybe <laughs> I know. Maybe three. I'd have to go back and look. I want to say I was like 
20, 21, 22 miles an hour on oh, that. Oh, yeah. Going yeah. up that. Going uphill at 21 miles an hour. And it was hour. a yeah. lot of watts, and I felt good that day. Like so 514. Oh, God, I actually know how many watts you put out for that, 514. <laughs> 514. I'm this is like my, yeah. my white whale is that climb. It's so <laughs> it's so not my strength. Like a 4% three-minute effort is not from my wheelhouse, and I need to get it from Jake so badly. <laughs> um, a couple other things for people this time of year. Don't forget to schedule your rest blocks. Your body needs that. And if you're coming off of a season, so Lance, is not here today, so he'll probably end up listening to pick this. Pick on Lance. Yeah. Let's pick on Lance. This is mostly just here. a topic for Lance. Yeah, you need active recovery. You need the ability to let your body recover from a long season. Yeah. And if you've done a ton of cyclocross racing, you probably shouldn't be laying down big, big things of anything right now. You should be just out having fun and enjoying yourself and listening to your body. What are the odds that Lance is going to rest? One in a million. <laughs> Slim and none. I think he's going to end up. Oh, I bet he's going to end up well, going inside on Zwift for a bit and then get addicted to Zwift. But he's also <laughs> going to Orlando to see his, his yeah. daughters. Oh, for you're right. So yeah. I think, I mean, he'll, he's break. going to drive. He'll take his bike and he'll probably explore a little bit. But um, Orlando's riding is terrible, though. But yeah. no, he's driving yeah. out to Orlando again. Yeah. He has the option to fly out there. Nope, he's going to get in the adventure van. He's going to drive out <laughs> there with... With the Brandy and, and Piper the Wonder Pup and throw all his bikes back. There, I mean, so. most of that drive is awful. Like, yeah. some, some of it's awesome. Most of that drive you, you is not awesome. Alabama, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is he going to drive through Arkansas, yeah. the least interesting state yeah. in America? I assume nobody from Arkansas is listening to this right Uh-oh. now. Uh-oh. Oh, God. I just made a bold claim. Yeah. If you're listening to from Arkansas, But please. going back to the rest blocks, coming off your season, active rest there, and then once you actually get back into the training of things, don't all of a sudden go 12 weeks and you didn't take any recovery block in there or any rest block. Let your body kind of like – you have to have watch that fitness and freshness curve. Make sure that yep. you're, you're doing all the right things. Real quick to you guys, though, how often are you usually taking a rest block? Well, I mean – Right now, my my stuff is so unstructured, but typically you do like three weeks on and one week easy. That's okay. Like, I mean, you could do more. You you might do more actually, yeah. Evan. Do you? Do I, four, I usually I usually just go by feel. Four, I'm pr- I like to say I'm pretty in tune right when I need one. So usually it ends up at that four, five, six, usually week yeah. build, and then I need just like a day or two where it's pretty easy, and then it's back in that cycle. <laughs> just a day or two, huh? <laughs> but I mean, that's 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 like yeah. usually how I do it, and yeah. it's purely by feel. Like it really is. Like if the numbers are still there and I still feel good, I just yeah. keep on clicking along. Yeah, for me, off season it's usually five to six weeks, yeah. and then it's mm-hmm. it's anywhere from three or four days on the skinny side up to mm-hmm. as much as like seven days, and it's kind of like you you get into that. All right, it's going to be at least we'll say four days. And then I start to listen to my body. If I go get back on the bike and it's like, you know, you can't get your heart rate up or your legs mm-hmm, are still feeling right. dead or whatnot, let's take another day, take another day. And then if it's still feeling that way after seven days, it's like, sorry, body, we're going back into this whether you like it or not. So, exactly. Um, and like I said, it's usually, you know, five, six weeks. When we yeah. get into race season, though, um, that can be as little as like two to three or it even four weeks. It depends on when the tapers need to fall. Exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. how things are setting up for yeah. a race because you never want to take a rest week before a big race yeah. because you're going to come out of it feeling like a big yeah. giant dog turd. Yeah. <laughs> so. And this is why I think during the off season for me, I'm much more um, focused on consistency. So whatever training load I can do week after week after week after week without feeling like I'm wearing myself yeah. down is really the more important thing to me is like, sure. can I slow, even if it's just I'm building miles by like two, three run miles a week slowly over time. Like yep. it's gotta be something that I feel is right in the wheelhouse and yep. it, you're not stretching at any point in that yeah. off season. And it's a good time of year too, to start looking at um, your sleeping patterns, like mm-hmm. how much you're sleeping. Um, if you're using like a whoop strap or if you're using like the, the, the a lot of the Garmin watches these days will give you all of your do. sleep metrics and you can kind of look in there and see like, all right, how much sleep did I get? How much um, light sleep, deep sleep and REM sleep did I get? And yeah. you want to make sure that you're paying attention to that stuff. Cause that's where a lot of the rehab actually happens. The recovery Absolutely. happens. 
Absolutely. So mm-hmm. uh, paying attention to that kind of stuff is, is kind of important if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and then just make sure that you kind of reverse engineer your race calendar to where you're right. at now so that you can mm-hmm. figure out where to start placing all this stuff. And once you start doing all this and you start putting everything on a calendar and, and you're getting a really good idea of the landscape of what your training block is going to look like or your training blocks for the year, um, it becomes a lot easier and mm-hmm. you start to become much more accountable to it. If you don't do that, you're just basically a ship in the water without a rudder. You need to yeah. have some direction in your training. So now's the time to get that done is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Anything else you guys want to add to this? No, that's no I think I think that's pretty solid. All-encompassing. We yeah. will be talking about a lot this winter. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. We, we always talk about all of these things in addition to a whole bunch more things definitely yeah. to come on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we've got a few things already lined up for the, the rest of the podcast for the month of December. Mm-hmm. But in January, I think we'll get into some goal setting and we can kind of yeah. lay this over, mask it over the uh, the goal setting so that we can help um, mm-hmm. ourselves be accountable and maybe uh, help some other people. And then do we think yeah. our 100th episode is going to be sometime in February? Do January. We- it's going to be in January. January. Yeah. Yep, it's in January. Yep. Okay. It's coming up. And wow. I think I've got a setup to be at Hub. Ooh, no way, really? Yeah, and I think they're going to be back on board with us in 2020. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's big. I've been working on that That's with them. That's the best so. news I've heard all day. Yeah, it yeah. should be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, pretty excited about that. But we will uh, have more of this stuff to talk about in mm-hmm. January. But um, the, the weeks to come are going to be fun. So get yeah. into holidays. It's going to be a good time. Um, let's jump into one last thing. Evan, what you got? All right, so... Troutdale, Oregon was founded <laughs> in, I believe, 1907 is when they say it was incorporated. Currently, the mayor is Casey Ryan, and it is a city in Multnomah County. Now, I'm not going to go much further with this because I know you guys think I'm just going to read off facts, but the population in 2010 was 15,962. That's got to be higher. I think it's closer to 20,000 now, right? Maybe. It has to be. I don't know if it's that much. I don't know if it's doubled in the last nine years. It's the but gateway it's gotta, to the gorge. Exactly. It's the gateway to the gorge. Yes. Is that what they are famous for? Its elevation sits roughly between 30 and 200 feet, basically <laughs> right on the river. <laughs> yeah, it's on the river yep. until you climb out of the river. That's a neat little town, too. When you it's, come under that gateway to the gorge sign, yep. it's just a neat little... It's a cool downtown. Yeah. It yep. is. And its uh, its area code is 503 and 971. <laughs> There you go. That is so random. <laughs> this, this podcast brought to you by Troutdale. Oregon. Troutdale. Visit, visit Troutdale. Visit Checks Troutdale. in the mail, Evan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Matt, one last thing. Uh, okay, so after this, I'm going to go swim with Evan. I'm going to make him wear uh, uh, an ankle strap to do some swimming drills. Uh, oh, and yeah, yeah, we need to do probably, something fun because I'm feeling tired. And so. guess what? Oh, you get to keep it because I made a couple Ooh. extra in the last YouTube video that I made. Nice. Uh, ankle talk- strap what so so it's interesting um not for you but it's interesting <laughs> uh if you put a strap around your ankle and you swim uh for there's a couple different things you can do there's one where you just use like a pull boot between your legs and it keeps you from kicking uh-huh. uh, so you're really just focusing on upper body sure. uh, but what i actually find more interesting is uh, ditching the pull buoy and swimming just with your upper body and your legs will dip and you'll really have to engage your core to basically bring your body up and level with the water, like the way you're supposed to swim. Uh, and it's a drill that's actually pretty helpful. The other yeah. thing that'll help you with is if you have any dead spots in your stroke, any pauses in your stroke, you will sink unless you basically pick up, you, you basically mm-hmm. correct all these things so, basically by using this ankle strap. And basically, if I went and did that, I would drown. <laughs> you would, <laughs> roughly, yeah, roughly. You would drown. In but my also, shoulders just it don't makes work. you really thankful for when you can kick. Yeah, <laughs> when it I used is. to do those drills in the past, that was this is back when I literally just had an anchor, and as soon as yeah. I take it off, I'd be so happy that I yeah. could kick again. It's <laughs> nice, and so yeah, we'll do that drill after this. This I think the YouTube video is going to be called the cheapest pool toy, you know, or something like that. The cheapest pool yeah. tool or cheapest pool, pool toy. tool, cheapest <laughs> pool tool. swim toy. Tool pool. I don't know. 
I haven't, <laughs> I haven't named the title yet, but you know, that'll be out as this podcast comes out. Is this made by Mr. Matt Legrand? The the trap the little yeah so here what okay we're gonna, how, white, how, gonna white label this you're gonna take this thing to market or what <laughs> how it relates to biking you take a bike inner tube anytime that sure. you have yep. a flat or one that's you know not patchable or whatever it is you cut it to the size where you can cut you know tight with around your ankles and you are good to go huh. so it is not patentable it is nothing that I came up with this is something that's been done for a long time gotcha. but it is a great pool tool very cool. Sounds fun. Yep. Check <laughs> Something out the video. I'll never do. Yep. Check out the video. <laughs> I'll watch the video, but that's about it. Thank you. <laughs> My one last thing is, A, I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to the Ugly Sweater Ride this yes. past weekend. B, an even bigger thank you to everybody who's made a kind donation to the charity to buy bikes for these less fortunate kids. And C, I will post up on our Facebook page again. If you want to check it out, um, just go to Dow Podcast on Facebook. The link to the GoFundMe that we are running um, – for the um, Bikes for Kids campaign. If you don't like using GoFundMe or if you would like to make a, um, uh, a donation to us, you can just reach out to us. We've got Venmo, we've got PayPal. Uh, we take uh, checks and cash and all that other stuff. And it can be made out to the Dialed Cycling Team, um, which is a nonprofit organization, which means that your donation would be a tax write-off, which is kind of cool. So if you want to uh, to contribute, help us out with this process. That would be fantastic. If you're still not 100% sure what this whole thing is about, Matt made an excellent video on the um, the, the whole process that we did last year. In um, which was really similar. It was yeah. It was you know we do this ride, we raise money for kids, we build the bikes. Yep. And then uh, deliver them to and the kids in, in person and and really have a lot of fun with it. And it's, so, and a hundred percent of your donations go directly to bikes for kids. Yep. the bikes that these kids will have. Yeah, there's there's so. no overhead. We take every last dime and then some and throw it at this to yep. uh, make it a real cool event for these kids, and they get a cool bike out of it. Yeah, they do. Thanks for the text, Matt. <laughs> Not Matt, but Evan. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I just realized <laughs> that that was actually to the group that you're in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? I think that's good. Yeah. Lance. Good luck, buddy. Good luck, Lance. 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 Good luck, Lance. Lance. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye for now.